all, this is Kitakorius. Welcome to the Gen X Gamer Podcast. Thank you for being here with me today. I'm very excited. We are to episode four, and we have a lot of good things to talk about. I have brought along a new guest host, one that I'm very excited about. I am pleased to introduce an old friend of mine, Chris Maggard. Chris, welcome to Gen X Gamers Podcast. Thank you so much, Corey. I've really enjoyed the first three episodes, and uh, especially um, I'm great friends with Brandon as well, your last co-host, and then two episodes ago with Jack as well. And then hearing you guys talk, I just felt like we were hanging out, but I wasn't able to say anything. And so I'm happy to join the club here. I have to say, this is the first remote podcast that I've done. So my previous ones, I've had my guest host right here, but Chris is out in California, a few states away from me. I love to go visit him, but of course, since we're all quarantined, that's out of the question. So we're trying this remote. You good with that, Chris? Yep, we've been uh, hanging out one way or the other since we were in seventh grade together and, uh, you know, uh, taking Japan or other places and uh, trying to share wherever we are in the world. So this is part of our relationship, being remote and hanging out. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, Chris is brilliant, by the way. I keep bringing, I, I realized as you were coming on, Chris, today, I was like, why do I keep bringing on co-hosts and guest hosts that are like way smarter than I am? Because Chris, you know, he's... He's a, he's a corporate lawyer. He taught himself Japanese. He's, he's incredible. Brandon, of course, you heard last, last week. And quite frankly, I need to bring other people that, that are going to make me sound smarter. I, I keep pairing myself against you guys, and I, I, I'm sure it doesn't uh, make me look so great. But that's okay. I'm, I'm happy to have you here. That's great. Yeah, ever since we uh, started uh, playing Dungeons & Dragons together, we would get into these uh, complicated debates about the rules and uh, you know how to make our characters more and more powerful and of course it came over into our gaming lives as well and uh, you know it's one of the fun things that we bounce off of each other. Totally so hey I am looking forward to the conversation today Chris I think uh, I'm I think that the conversation we're going to have is really important to talk about with regards to Gen X gamers because today's topic I would make a claim that today's topic is the heart and soul for Gen X gamers and that they've forgotten it. And that with all of the hubbub of the last 20 years and where gaming has gone, I would bet that they forgot where it all began. And it began with today's topic, which is platform games. I don't know, what do you think about that claim that I make? Um, definitely, I mean, for me, uh... My first uh, experience with gaming was really these platform games. And, you know, they came from, you know, Pong and then these uh, Atari. And then suddenly it was like these games that just swept you in. And it was like this new imaginary world that you were part of that uh, the technology had never seen before. And it was yeah. just so overwhelming as a kid to, totally to have that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So before we get to that, I want to uh, reach out to my listeners really quick and I am encouraging you. So we just got on Apple iTunes last week with the last week's episode. It's been awesome to see people get on and subscribe. Please get on whichever platform you use. If you want to become a part of the Gen X gamer community, what you can do is subscribe on Apple iTunes or whatever other podcasting platform you use, rate it, leave us a review. In fact, for every five reviews, I will be randomly pulling a name and giving out a free Gen X Gamer t-shirt. Uh, Chris, have you left a review yet? Uh, 
you know, I was waiting until after my, my own thing before I reviewed, but I've been uh, following each one and reading your reviews and uh, I'm just so excited for, you know, where it's going and already, you know, what's happened. Awesome. So you would be interested in getting on leaving a review for a t-shirt. Oh yeah. You better believe it. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. And I have another challenge for you. If you are a Gen X gamer listener and if you want to see this grow, if you want us to really develop into a community, one thing you can do between now and next week is just share the podcast with a friend, send a link to him, say, Hey, I've been listening to this gaming podcast. I know you used to game or you liked games back in the day, or heck, maybe you're just close to the same age and they're generation X or something. Send them the podcast, let them at least give it a listen and see what they think. So that is my challenge for you. And I have to say, I am overwhelmed with the commentary that I've received so far all the way from non-gamers and old gamers, current gamers. And a couple nights ago, I was even talking to a 16-year-old kid who listened to us and liked it. Thank you so much for being listeners. Okay, without further ado, I want to jump in to the wonderful world of platform games. So right after the introductory break, we are going to launch in. Are you ready, Chris? I'm ready. Awesome. Here we go. Okay, here we go with platform games. So I gave you this big introduction about platform games. And maybe some of you are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, why should I even keep listening? The word platform games means nothing to me. So I feel like I need to do a quick definition for you of a platform game. The simple answer to that is if you just think back to the games that you probably played on the Commodore or the Atari and obviously the Nintendo, the Sega, all of the games, especially the early games that were released on all of those systems were probably a platform game. A platform game is basically the type of game that is either a side scroller or even the early games moved down and up. And then as they got more advanced, of course, it went from 2D to 3D. But you would basically rely on your ability to run and jump and interact with the environment in that way to go from level to level or platform to platform. And that's where that title of platform games came from. Um, obviously back in the day, it wasn't like some coined phrase, but as all of these subgenres have like come out of nowhere and you know people get creative and create all new dimensions to games, then they start putting genres and, and that became what is known as the platform uh, genre of games and there's a lot of subgenres of that um, from puzzle platform games to run and gun platform games uh, just lots of different types and we're not here to get into like the definitions of it like I said my big push today is going to be that I would bet that the heart and soul of your original gaming experiences were in platform games and over the years with the advent of everything else you've probably totally forgotten about platform games. That's what happened to me. Do you, could, do you have a similar experience, Chris? Like, or have you just stayed, have you played platform games your whole life? No, I mean, they, they definitely came back. And then for me, they came back uh, as a family game in a way, because uh, the initial games were a lot more single player. There was a few two player, but now you can play four player and, and like interact with each other in the game. And so it's added this other aspect, I think it's brought it back to life. Like, do you have some that even have a special place in your heart? 
Oh, yes. And, and, and when I was, you know, thinking about this episode, you know, going back and looking at YouTube and whatnot to try to, like, uh, remember some of them, the sounds, these magical notes really just, like, sung my body. And there were, there was like, these memories and thoughts, like, long-lost relatives that just suddenly appeared back in my life. And, you know, I remember the identity I felt of being in this world for the first time. Uh, for me, I had a Commodore 64 which most people never heard of probably. It's, a, it's similar to an Amiga, uh, close in specs to the Nintendo, the original Nintendo system. And, uh, you know, this looked like a block. And that thing uh, came to my house and I was able to get all these games and then certain platformers like Jumpman, Bubble Bobble, Impossible Mission, you know, the original Donkey Kong, and then Mario Brothers before it was Super, you know, where you're, you only had one screen. And the yeah, original yeah. Mario Brothers, those, um, the, the sounds that they make and just the feeling of being in them uh, and going back to them was just so powerful. And, uh, you know, for a kid that this is like the first thing invented and, it, you know, no one's ever had a system like this before that came to your house. It was just, uh, you know, really overwhelming. Dude, I love some of the stuff you brought up. So the first thing I have to say is when you brought up that idea of the sounds and the music, that totally resonated with me. When I get on like the, uh, like on the old Switch, on the, the Switch, you know, they have the old Nintendo channel where you can play all the old Nintendo games and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And if you get on there and play those games, and the second you hear those tunes and uh, you know, the little melodies, and like you said, the sound effects, so many memories come flooding back. I wish I could actually play them as a part of the podcast, but they're probably copyrighted. I'm probably getting trouble. But <laughs> you could probably play a little part here and there. I'll, I'll jump into my lawyer role. We'll do a... Uh, <laughs> nice. A you can tell me. Satire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying we're clear to play like 14 seconds. That's right. That's okay. right. I'm going to add it then to the podcast. Yeah. Good, good, good. Here and there. Because it's just this like uh, intensity to it. And the amazing minds that were able to uh, express these emotions and voices in the limited 8-bit, uh, you know, ability of the sound was, it's just remarkable. It's you know? iconic, right? It is. Yeah. And you know, now these days you see some people who are kind of remixing 8-bit beats and doing things and... Um, you know, they're just a really unique uh, sound. So when I think back of the early platform games that I played, I would say, you know, you mentioned Donkey Kong, which is one of the very, very first. And a lot of games, you know, developed some ideas from Donkey Kong. And I actually, geez, I don't even know how my family did it. But when I was growing up, we had a full-size arcade game of Donkey Kong in my basement. <laughs> no. <It was> fantastic. <laughs> so that is obviously an early memory. But when it comes to the early Nintendo, I mean, I, it's my handle. I have to mention it. Kid mm -hmm. is so great as a platform game. And the music and just the fun of it. And I have to tell you, it is like super difficult. Those early platform games are so much harder than they are now. Oh, I, yeah. Like, I, I don't know that kids today could play those old platform games and not give up and be like, I'm not, I'm not going to spend my time on this. This is way too hard. I don't know. I could be off, but that, that was my experience. Oh, no, completely. I mean, and the, the ex 
it's i mean we didn't have any sort of gaming experience before we hit these yeah and they were just so hard and to be able to get to the the story moving or you know to that next part you had to you know again and again you die again again which in some ways it made them great for um playing with your friends because uh you know somebody would die and like okay let me try okay you die let me try and then somebody gets it everyone freaks out you know you go to the next part and you just you know felt so good that is that is right on (laughs) you're right that's exactly what happened because you know the save point it's not like you can pause the game and save it or that you know there's like a ton of checkpoints where the game saves usually you have to battle and pass a whole section of the game before it saves and you have a limited number of lives unless of course it's contra and Mm -hmm. then uh and and so you die and you have to start from the very beginning yeah, those those early platforms. Right, and especially with games like Contra, when those like uh, those God codes came out, that were yeah. you like, you know, you put in the left, right, left, right. Yeah, that <laughs> and, changed everything. You know, and suddenly you'd have these lives, and it'd be like, oh my gosh, I've unlocked a secret, you know, of society. I'll, I'll be able to like break through everything now with with uh, those okay, invincibility codes. You, mm-hmm. So, with any of the platform games that you played, like the early ones, mm-hmm. what about storyline? So I, I would say that anybody who is arguing and saying, yeah, those early games were fun, but there's no storyline. Like all the new games have this deep story. Do you think about storyline at all when you think about those early games? Uh, yes. And it's, I mean, some of the games are really focusing on the skill, you know, a jump man, some of these originals. And, and then it, it, the story wasn't as like uh, out there where you're progressing as much. A lot of them are. But the, you know, there's other games. There's one game for me. It's not really a platformer, but uh, it's like a submarine uh, a simulator. It's called Hunt for Red October. And I just have these, these visions of me that once in a while I remember of like being in my basement in the dark I'd like turn the lights off and it was just me again anyone in this important campaign and and I'd be getting orders in and it it was like I was there you know and and you know in my mind at the time it was like especially when it went into the cut screen when you hit somebody and it would show their ship like blowing up it was like uh it was like high definition in my mind and I was just like part of it and that really opened me up you know, uh, to literature and, you know, people's ability to really be part of that imagination state. And I didn't ever see it as like an escape or anything like that, more like a meditation and like, you know, a spiritual moment of creation and bliss that really inspired me. So, so you're saying playing Hump for Red October was your going to church? Yeah. Yeah, or there's another one called Sid Meier's Pirates, where, you know, you, st- you start with a, you just this little basic, like, a rowboat pirate ship, and you're building up and I love it. Me- meeting people along the way, and I'm feeling like, you know, I'm like, uh, living this entire life, and, you know, uh, you know, and then I could lose it at any moment, and it was, you know, you're always on the edge of your seat with, the, you know, the saves, mm. if I'm going to be able to get through this battle and save it, or if I have to start all over again. All over again. Exactly what I was talking about. So I have to mention mention one more early platform game that I played all the time, and I just discovered it for the first time in the last three months, and I was so excited because I'd completely forgotten about this game, and then, of course, as I start playing it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this, I, I, I remember, like, playing this for years, and it was called Blaster Master, and I, and I start the game, and the game starts with this, you know, horrible pixelated picture of this kid. And he has this pet frog who jumps away, jumps out of the fishbowl, jumps out of the house and goes down a hole. 
and the kid like goes to chase it and he falls into the hole and the frog ends up touching this radioactive material and grows big and then this kid finds this like uh almost like hovercraft this space hovercraft that he goes searching through the middle of the earth to find this frog and it's called blaster master and when i'm watching this little storyline to start off i'm thinking what is this about? And I had to go look it up to see what the storyline was. And then when I thought, oh, because you never hear that storyline in the game. They just wrote this in the instruction manual so that you'd know ahead of time. Anyway, I thought it was funny. Um, so when it comes to platform games, you know, a lot of the early platform games, you're very well aware of them. The Mario game, obviously Super Mario Brothers and everything that spawned from it. And that led to 3D versions of it. You know, when the 64 came out, Super Mario World, and with the Switch, I think it was the Switch that had Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah, it was the Switch. Oh, no, the, uh, uh, Odyssey. Galaxy came out on the Wii. Oh, okay. So Galaxy was Wii, Odyssey was the Switch. Yes, yeah, so those were like the big 3D, you know, jumps. Yeah, so yeah. you think about all those games, Sonic, Mega Man, it, it, whatever mm -hmm. platform game you played, Donkey Kong Country and, and all of those. Yes. Those games are huge in our memories. And I'm sure that just like you stated... I mean, I remember going to my neighbors and just laying on the beds and playing that game for hours and hours, like you said, trying to beat levels and then trying to do it before you ran out of continues and then without having to start all the way over. And uh, that's, that's just kind of what games took on in the early, early part of when we were younger, you know, and all of these other games mm -hmm. that we play now from, you know, like we talked about last week, the MMOs to the to the battle arena games now and the first person shooters and the strategy games and the turn-based game, you know, all of those, you just didn't play those when you were a kid. It was all about these platform games, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, like uh, even the adventure games like Metroid, Castlevania. Yeah, those are all platform. Yeah, totally platform. Even though, you know, we were going for the big stories and they really evolved and things, but they compared to the games now, they're just totally different. They're much closer to, I guess, to like a Mario type than you know call of duty yeah exactly ghost and goblins all of those are just mm -hmm, another, mm -hmm. they're you know developed platform games so i guess the point i'm saying is at what point did you forget about platform games oh wow that's a tough question yeah because i know when my point was and it was on the 64 i know was it the 64 when goldeneye came out mm. and suddenly there was this shooter and it like took over my world of video gaming and I, and I think from there on out, all I did was get deeper and deeper into, you know, role-playing games that eventually led to open world games and, and, and everything that is that. And, mm -hmm. and this idea of a platform game, you know, was left in the dust. And so in the early years when these consoles would come out, you know, their bread and butter, they were only going to be successful if they had an incredible platform game that was, you know, their, their baby that made them all the money. But then, you know, in the late nineties, two thousands, those totally disappeared. And I totally forgot about them. Definitely. I mean, I looked on online just to kind of see what happened. And by 1998 it said under 2% of the market share for games were uh, platformers. And so they'd almost like gone extinct. And then luckily, you know, they, they, they made a big comeback Partially because of uh, mobile phones, because the platformers are easier on, like, you know, mobile phone to, I don't know, put together. Or they, you know, they had a new kind of retro world, but uh, also uh, the 
for me, the multiplayer platforms that I could play like with my kids or with your close friends where you're all four of you playing at the same time were really um, helped bring it back to, I think, on the Wii and other systems. Okay, so with that in mind, let me ask you, do you think platform games still have a place in the gaming universe? Completely, yes. Um, and in some ways, more than ever. Um, for me, one of my very favorite games, which took me a long time, and actually you had recommended to me many times, was uh, uh, Ori. Um, Ori in the Blind Forest. Yes. And, and, you know, I thought, well, it's just good. Look, you know, it's a nice-looking indie game of, uh, you know, they're jumping around. I played this kind of platform game before, you know, because I'd kind of forgotten, you know, the magic. And then I tried it. And that game just had such a brilliant story and the progression of little by little, you got these new abilities and it changed the way you interacted. And you could just, you know, I think the thing about platform is that mastery of the smallest little, you know, partial millimeter being able to stay on the wall, jump over, mm -hmm. shoot at the same time. And it, it really had a great mastery of that. And, um, and I think there's a huge uh, revival of, uh, especially indie games that yeah. people are, and then people are loving them and they're getting great critical reviews it's not just in the background somewhere but uh, these they're uh, really challenging the spotlight i agree in fact yeah, so that's that's kind of the point i really want to drive home that i think about that people don't understand is that there are incredible platform games now right like like mm -hmm. incredible mm -hmm. games and i think about all the other games we play i mean they're cool and everything but I don't know what it is about platform games, but they're just almost uh, uh, soothing and uh, I, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm getting a little weird on this, but you brought up Ori in the Blind Forest and that is an incredible game. If any of you Gen X gamers out there are listening to this podcast and you start thinking about the early platform games you played and it brings back pleasant memories and of course you buy, you know, the retro platforms that have come out late, lately so that you can play some of those early games. Well, I'm telling you right now, if you were not playing the newer platform games that have come out, then you are missing out. Ori in the Blind Forest won Game of the Year, and that is a fantastic game um, to play. I'm, I'm glad you got it. I remember, though, the game that kind of launched me back into platform games was Limbo. Have you heard of Limbo? Limbo? No. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's black and white, and it's really spooky, actually. It's, it's kind of got a... a, a a horror feel to it, but it's, uh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, which kind of leads me to the question I wanna ask you. If we're talking about new platform games and you brought up the idea that there's a ton of indie games and a lot of the games that are on Kickstarter, you know, are, are platform games and, and they're just a lot easier to code for people to do, you know, in, in small teams. And so I think people tackle those projects. So let me ask you, what do you think are the most important elements of a good platform game? Oh, that's great. Because um, one thing is the me mechanics. And because, you know, as the technology gets better and, you know, people are kind of used to just a game that looks fantastic. And, and if it looks fantastic, sometimes, you know, it doesn't have to have the, the great mechanics and a great uh, uh, way things move and the difficulty level uh, progressively getting better at the same time. And, but, in order to make these, you know, even these new ones that are coming out, like Ori had great graphics, but some of these other ones like Dead Cells, Shovel Knight, Hollow Knight, I mean, it's not something I would choose based on the graphics, but the mechanics of it, it just moves uh, in a smart way. And the way you're interacting is uh, challenging, but really engaging is one thing. 
And then for me, what, what I didn't have maybe for the original games, because a lot of those were one player, uh, was uh, now it's like a great social game. And uh, especially uh, games you're able to play with, uh, you know, four people at the same time. Um, it, for my family, you know, I've, I've, never, I've never really played games with my wife. She likes more of like a puzzle platformer. Mm. And for me, I kind of run for the border whenever I hear that word, you know, puzzle game. Sure, sure. And especially the kind of mobile game where, you know, but then we got into this game together called Overcooked 1 and 2. And this overcooked game, you got four people like bouncing around in a kitchen and the kitchen's on fire and four people have to each kind of find a task and work together. And that interaction for me has been sort of the modern platformer uh, for at least some games, not every game that, sure. if, that, that made it uh, next level for me. That's cool. That's very cool. So when you say mechanics, what do you mean by mechanics? That's true. I mean, that's a, that's broad um for me uh uh one thing is the difficulty level like those original games they there wasn't a lot to them but the difficulty and just that getting it exactly right and being able to know like oh i barely made that um you know making it just felt so good you know i'm alive again another day and as as you as the level goes it you know the level looks different and has a new challenge which you're using the skills and like adding on to them and progressively having to you know use these new abilities to go the next step you know mega man's a great uh uh example of that uh back from back in the day but so that way the mechanic of like it's not too hard that I hate it. You know, it's like, it drives me crazy sometimes when I'm not getting it, but then I like get the knack. It's like, Oh, that's what it was. And, uh, you know, I guess the mechanic of that, of, uh, like my joystick reacts how I need to, to, and me being able to just like, almost like be that character mm-hmm. and like, you know, just, uh, dodging spikes and bullets and fires. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, uh, I think the mechanics can be broad. So when you said the difficulty, I agree completely. Like that's, that's an important element of a good platform. Um, I, I played some on mobile devices that are way easy. I get bored and delete it really, really quick. So I think a very scaled, difficult uh, rating is important. The other one that I, the, the other element I think is really important for me personally is the design. And I'm not going to say the graphics because I don't think the graphics have to blow your mind. You brought no. up dead cells and for, you know, like you said, dead cells, you know, if you compare dead cells with Ori in the blind forest, that they're not even comparable, but the dead cell, the design and the mood that it creates with the graphics and the music and kind of the feel of the genre that the game creates, you know, with the, what's going on. I think that's, that's extremely powerful. And so it's not necessarily reliant on the graphics. I would call it the design. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the other one I think is just the gameplay, right? Like how creative the game can get with the limited amount of controls that you have mm-hmm. depending, you know, and, and in some platforms it's really just run and jump, but then, the way you can interact with the environment with just those simple controls and how kind of creative they can get with what's required. I think that's another important element. Anything else that you can think of? That one's key, but I think what, what platformers really gave us as well, uh, that it's now we see evolved into different types of games uh, is that difficulty, you know, and we, and another kind 
kind of a genre that came up as like the souls type, you know, the dark souls came out and it was just so punishingly difficult that just at first it's like, how can this be fun? But then there was something to it that is your mastery grew. You were able to just, you know, by the hair of your chinny chin chin survive another day. And for me, like a lot of us Gen X gamers, it's like, oh, wow, this is back to like the first time I played Mario where I had to like learn how to jump and move over at the same time, but like in an expanded process. Yeah. I, and, think, yeah. I think Dark Souls is heralded as the hardest game of all time. Yes. And so, I mean, now there's a lot of uh, platformer games that uh, when I look at like Souls type is like a genre based on Dark Souls. A lot of them takes it back now to uh, these platformer games like they recommend if you love Dark Souls, you should try like, you know, Dead Cells, uh, Shovel Knight, Hollow Knight and then that kind of game, which is very different uh, if you're just looking at, the, you know, a fighter game of Dark Souls or that way but it's um you know that difficulty of mastering the tiniest movement and the subtle you know, a few different uh you know aspects that you have to balance at the same time to uh, break through it's nice yeah so let me ask you chris do you have any recommendations you would give because what i'm going to ask any of our gen x gamers to do is mm -hmm. take a moment and pause and stop playing whatever open world RPG or sport competitive game or first person shooter game that they're playing or um, battle arena, massive, you know, the MOBA, whatever it is they're playing, I'm going to ask them to pause that this week and just try a platform game. Do you have any recommendations? Um, I mean, if you want to play a brand new game, the brand new uh, Ori, is, it just looks like, I haven't well, been able to play it yet. Ori and the Will-O-Wisps? The Will-O-Wisps, yes. Yeah. And um, it really looks like it jumps to the next level. And especially um, this, if, you, if you feel like platformers don't have story, this game has got heart and story. And I was just so excited. I didn't know where it was going. You know, and then you'd beat this really hard part and then the... You know, the story would unfold and just this new creative direction I wasn't expecting would happen. You know, if you've never played anything, uh, that game just blew my mind. And uh, I mean, the, the Blind Forest. And then now I'm so excited to jump into the, you know, the, the um, next one that just came out. Willow, excuse me. Nice. Yeah. So I, I asked that because I'm going, to, I'm going to give five titles for our listeners. Um, and I'm going to encourage them to try playing it next podcast next week. I'm going to do a review with any of my guest hosts who want to join in on five platform games. And the five I chose are Ori and the Will-O-Wisps. So I'm glad you brought that up because Ori and the Blind Forest was amazing. The next one is Dead Cells, which I, I like that you likened it to um, Dark Souls because Dead Cells is this game where you consistently fail over and over and over again and you have to get it just perfect. And it's really interesting. I, I, I like the game. Um, and then the other three are Dungeon Munchies, Mark of the Ninja, and Hollow Knight. And any listeners out there, um, you can, of course, pause and re-listen to that to get the titles. But I'll also put them on the website, genxgamers.us. But try some of those games, if you can, even just one or two of them, over the next week. So when you listen to the podcast next week, you'll be able to listen and have an opinion of your own as we kind of hash these games out and talk about what makes them awesome and what maybe sucks about them. Great. Awesome. For all of you listeners out there, to repeat myself, pause your game, pause your Call of Duty, pause your League of Legends, pause your, what's that game that you and your kid were into where you're the race cars playing soccer? 
Oh, yes, a Rocket League. Okay, pause your Rocket League. You know, pause whatever game you're playing. Try a platform game out this week and see what you think. I think you're going to be really shocked at how much you even maybe prefer it over some of the games that you're playing. I think the rate of praise and the rate of success in platform games is so high that it's a constant release of dopamine in the brain. So anyway, that's my push for this week. Chris, Mm -hmm. any closing statements? Um, When I go home, I'm able to play my old uh, Super Nintendo, and then I was able to get a a classic Nintendo recently. And most of the games, you know, I play them, and I'm like, oh, this was much better when I was younger. But like Super Mario and uh, any of the Super Mario series, just when I play it, it's, it just, it's still a masterpiece. It is, right? And it's amazing. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm used to great graphics and I play a lot of AAA games, but I play that and, you know, my kids are sitting next to me and they're, you know, they're like, dad, dad, jump, you know, and they try it and they're like, this is too hard, dad, you got to help me. And then it just, the ex- we play it for hours. We, you know, it's like my old, it's all dusted and we dust it out. And there's just something two platform games either new or old and if you try them you know i think you'll really enjoy them that is my challenge for the week chris thank you for joining me in the podcast i hope you join me in the future again that was awesome we'll be right back i have one last challenge for you after this break thank you for being with us today in the podcast a special thanks to chris Uh, What a great episode on platform games. We went a little longer than expected. This is just a reminder, the five platform games we're going to review next week, and I encourage you to try them at your house. Ori in the Blind Forest or Ori in the Will-O-Wisps, Dead Cells, Dungeon Munchies, Mark of the Ninja, and Hollow Knight. And once again, don't forget, share the podcast with a friend and leave us a review and commentary in Apple iTunes. Thanks again. We will see you next week, Gen X Gamers.